Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune, covering breaking news and current events as it pertains to Bible prophecy. In effect, chronicling the coming of Christ the King. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune. This March the 15th, 2017. Ladies and gentlemen, we kicked off this week, of course, with Egypt declaring a state of emergency after ISIS blasted scores of Egyptian Christians. This week, we're heading headlong into North Korea. Well... Missile crisis, I think, is how it should be called. They have attempted to launch several missiles, and as we speak, a United States Naval War Group is headed to intervene in the situation. On top of this, China is sending troops to its border with North Korea. The YouTube crisis is well under swing. As many of the advertisers shut off the funds of many YouTubers out in the Great Barrier Reef, ladies and gentlemen, two-thirds of the coral reef is bleached dead. It is amazing to me. How this week has unraveled. Also this week it was released local news that North Korea resumes radio broadcast of encrypted numbers. Nobody has any idea what this is about. Something is going on to be sure. It was reported on April the 10th that a record number of visitors to Israel boost the economy so far in 2017. Ladies and gentlemen, as these things continue to push the red line, it's absolutely amazing to me the things going on. This week was released in the Huffington Post Is Jesus in a parallel dimension? Of course, we had a great, wonderful sign accompany all this with the pink moon in conjunction with the king star, the sign of the Son of Man, Jupiter. Absolutely off the charts. This economy is so bad that it was released April 10th that New York becomes the only state to offer a free four-year college. Upon further investigation, you can readily understand that there are so few middle class that the tuition 
taken in. The students enrolling in New York Institution of Higher Learning has just flat crashed because the people that have money that are wealthy, they don't need a degree, and there's absolutely no in-between. Ladies and gentlemen, it was released in the news. Will Congress celebrate Trump's 100th day in office with a government shutdown? Nobody's paid attention that his 100th day anniversary is the day before this government shutdown of this budget is not approved. It's the very next day. Ladies and gentlemen, we've had major, major bankruptcies filed. Jaeger is shutting down in the UK. Cyber filed for bankruptcy Monday. It's amazing the things going on, and now we're starting to see things being pushed to the red line as... This is the headline. Huge North Dakota farm trustee to manage calving and corn harvest during bankruptcy. What do you think about this, ladies and gentlemen? April the 11th, it was published that the U.S. proved on Friday that there were red lines that cannot be crossed as stated by the president of the state of Israel. What does it mean when it's published in the Siberian Times, April 11th, that the city was under siege from packs of aggressive stray dogs? We've had a report from Albuquerque this week that the plague is infecting the feline population. What does it mean, ladies and gentlemen, when massive auroras are spotted on Uranus? Something must be happening with the sun. This week, seven people were arrested on the Temple Mount as they tried to sacrifice the Paschal Lamb. Ladies and gentlemen, this is off the charts, all the news that we have to cover this week. This week we also had a major earthquake hit the Philippines. It was shallow, and it was a 6.0. For some reason, San Salvador have been having earthquake swarms as of the 12th. It was reported they had had 370 small earthquakes. Ladies and gentlemen, this corona hole that is on the sun right now is having interesting property. On the political side of things, the FBI obtained a visa warrant to monitor Trump. Advisor Carter Page. You know, it makes you wonder exactly what Brian was referring to 
last week when he pointed us to what has been dubbed the great game. It was this week that a slew of classified documents was released that contradicted the House Intel Chairman Noon surveillance claims. Ladies and gentlemen, this is starting to get serious. This cup of trembling is beginning to boil on all sides. You are listening to the End Time Tribune. Get your trays into the upright position. Fasten your seatbelts. We, your host, Clinton Co-Watch, Brian Ingram, and Matthew Miller have properly oiled the saddles. Behold, they've been freshly shooed. There's only one question we need to ask ourselves. Why, well, you're going to pull those pistols and whistle Dixie.
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's edition of the End Time Tribune. What a prophetic week, I think, should be the proper words to put it, as this week was, of course, Easter. Easter's going to be tomorrow. Last week, of course, Palm Sunday. The attacks. Passover looming. Everything happening is just just off the charts. Brian, can we uh, get you on to say hello and just your thoughts for the week? Then we'll get uh, Clinton on and get his thoughts for the week real quick. Hello, everybody. Thoughts for the week. I'm not even certain where to begin with this, folks. Just yesterday alone, uh, as I sent the message to Matthew, um, and these were all stories that were breaking for the most part right as I was sitting there, I had to stop because it was unending. So to say that a whole lot's went on in this last week, I think is almost an understatement because I don't even know all of it has been fleshed out yet. So... I guess uh, I agree, it should Brian. be an interesting show. An overwhelming show, I, I would think. Clinton, let's get you on here. Say hello and, and your thoughts for the week, and then uh, you can go ahead and straightaway break into the news you want to cover. But uh, I agree with Brian. It's It's been kind of an overwhelming week. Yeah, it's been a, a crazy week. Uh, just trying to keep up with the news as it comes through is is it's getting kind of ridiculous. Um, I'm searching, it seems like, 24-7, just seeing things, and it's not even getting difficult to find articles to, to even look at anymore. And then you still are missing information that's coming out. Um, it, it's just making it extremely difficult. And I just want to say one thing. With Easter being tomorrow, you know, I mean, we, we have to be very – diligent to remember, you know, what the importance of Easter is and, and that our Savior did die for us and rise for, raised from the dead as well. So it's, I think it's very important to do that. Um, but I wanted to go into a little bit, you know, talking about what's going on with the economy. Um, because, I mean, with everything else going on, a lot of people aren't sure what to do or how to react with anything. And I came across an article written by Andrew Hoffman. Um, I, I've read his stuff and listened to him speak quite a bit, and I respect what he has to say. And here's just a little tidbit of what we have to look forward to um, in the next couple of weeks. Um, and he says, you know, as he's writing his article, America is two weeks away from a potentially devastating government shutdown, which Congress responded to by taking a two-week vacation and one month from an explosive, unprecedented debt ceiling crisis. Moreover, its economy has never been weaker uh, while the debt and debt ceilings are rising uh, parabolically. Meanwhile, Europe is one vote away in France, less than a month hence, from being torn into pieces, whilst the Middle East is on a verge of a potentially devastating war, as dozens of global economies um, are collapsing, uh, either on their own Ponzi-like weight or due to the vicious currency wars um, that the central bankers are engaging in. And nowhere is a larger threat than larger than the United States, where four decades of money printing, money market manipulating, and propaganda has rapidly collapsed on the leader of history's largest, most destructive fiat Ponzi scheme. Um, 
it kind of gives us just a little bit of look into what's going on. When they talk about the Ponzi scheme, it's basically a large uh, product of uh, the printing of all the money that we have and how uh, the debt is just beyond belief and how we're going to have to increase the debt even more. This debt ceiling that's coming up in a short period of time, uh, no one's even trying to do anything about it. No one's even working on it. Um, they're, they're, they plan on having some kind of agreement, but it's going to be billions and billions of dollars that we're going to have to put into our infrastructure to build roads and bridges. We're going to, have to put into our schools. We're going to, have to put into healthcare. We're going to have to build a wall. Um, so the only way that, that we're going to be able to produce this money is to print money, which is adding into the Ponzi scheme. Now, the problem is we have been printing money for many, many years at this point. We tried scaling off of it. We tried increasing interest rates to curtail this problem, but we have major issues happening in the retail sector. Um, you know, I mean, if you just look at the retail stores, um, they're reporting, you know, retailers are reportedly filing for bankruptcy at a disturbing rate um, that's flirting with recession levels. I'm reading actually out of uh, an article from Newsmax, and it's only April and nine retailers have already filed for bankruptcy since the start of the year. And that's um, as many as all of last year. Uh, 2017 will be the year of retail bankruptcies. Retailers are running out of cash and dominoes are starting to fall. More than 3,500 stores are expected to close over the next several months. Now, this is on pace of store closing. This year is already ahead of 2008 when we had the Great Recession. So right now, we are retail is dropping to a substantial portion in 2008. And one thing that happened in 2008 was a hit to the, the um, housing sector and most notably the corporate housing sector. And this is going to happen with these stores as well, because as these 3,500 stores go you know, under, all that corporate real estate is then going to be vacant, which means the existing stores, their rent is going to go up, which means that their prices have to go up, which means it's going to be harder to stay in business. And then you have the cycle continue. So then we're going to have these malls, which are kind of becoming a dinosaur uh, of the past, vacant and and left without retail you know stores within them so we have a major crisis happening um in the retail sector and, and we see you know people don't know really what to do um you know the fact that donald trump can come out and say that the dollar is too strong and all of a sudden it starts to weaken on global demand that right there shows that the entire market is based off of emotion. It's no longer based off of sound economic uh, data. Um, realistically, the dollar should not be as strong as it is, but the majority of people are flocking to the dollar because every other currency is, is declining. We have Russia that has increased their interest rates to um, you know, devalue their, their currency as well. Um, we have all these things happening across the globe and no one knows what to do. Well, a lot of people are speculating that the way to go is going to precious metals or major commodities, and that is gold and silver. And that is why you're seeing the gold and silver index increasing drastically. Now, we have uh, lots of issues coming through. For instance, in the, the 2008 crisis, since then, we had uh, J.P. Morgan that purchased Lehman Brothers. Lehman Brothers uh, was in business for over 100 years. And part of the problem that Lehman Brothers had is they had a major silver short. They had the largest silver short in the entire world, which basically meant that they were betting 
for silver to go down in value. Well, they went belly up. JP Morgan, with the help of the government, purchased silver. And since then, silver has not gone up like it should have if it's based off of the normal economic indicators. Now, some people are speculating that there's involvement from not only JP Morgan, but numerous other banks um, to manipulate this. And they actually have lawsuits that they're pursuing with this. And I think they're still fighting it in court to try to prove this. But that is one indication that there was something shady kind of behind the scenes in manipulation that's happening. We also have the Bank of England that was recently implicated in a secret recording for their, their use of um, the LIBAR, which is the London Interbank Offering Rate, Offered Rate, which is basically the percentage rate that they charge other banks to borrow money. So this is very important because this rate is kind of gives validity to the interest rates. It gives validity to the banking system. This is something like a, a pillar that you needed to have this to be in place. Otherwise, the whole system is kind of doesn't doesn't fit. Well, they were manipulating it to keep it artificially down. And their response is that they were instructed this from the government to keep it down to make it so that the banks can borrow money between each other at a lower rate, which then perpetuates more debt and makes it so that way we have more dollars out there, which devalues the currency as well. So we have all these different things happening from an economic standpoint that are, are coming to our head. We have Brexit, which is you know still going, and we see that the London um, housing industry is just tanking. Um, people are not uh, purchasing homes. They don't know what to do, what's going to happen with the UK, what's going to happen with the EU. Um, so housing is, is dropping drastically at that point. Um, so... I, I came across a, a quote from uh, one of my followers on Twitter, and it's basically saying, you know, with with war on the horizon and, and all this, you know, chaos in the world, you know, economic policy is pretty simple. Um, and that is, you know, it's sticking to things of actual intrinsic value. And that's why, you know, the, the goal is to bring businesses back to the United States to try to grow the industry and everything. The, the problem is we're finding out that pulling the United States out of the world economy is not going to work. We see how intertwined China is, that all we had to do is go to China and say, we will give you a good deal on business to the United States, and we will work on importing products to your country if you send 150,000 troops to the border of North Korea. And they did it. So, so that shows the strength of business when it comes to interacting country to country at this point. Um, unfortunately, it's no longer about taking care of the people. It's more about taking care of the money or taking care of a way to sustain your people within your country, um, which kind of brings the, the other point, which is the use of people and, and how it's turning into a, a way of war. Um, we have, you know, Aragon in, in Turkey that is saying that if the EU does not go along with their demands, they're going to release the refugees from Syria that are currently within Turkey into Europe. That is using humans as as a weapon of war to to hold, you know, a continent hostage and say you need to abide by my demands or I'm going to wreak havoc on your society. That is, that is warfare. That, that is, that is, 
something that hope, I can't even believe that we're actually talking about. And now you can kind of see what's happening from the United States standpoint. While we're doing all this bombing in Afghanistan, while we're doing this attacking in North Korea, we are expanding our ability to deport individuals within the United States. Um, they, they have been progressively making it to where you can process people faster, that people can be deported from the United States faster. And the, the problem is this is, this is getting crazy. Um, they're, they're already talking about that they need to increase the capacity of people you know, by 22,000 just right now to just house the, the people of the initial onslaught. And we also know that, you know, they have, you know, the privatized prison system that is a possibility that they're going to use. Now, the also the, the cost of doing this, uh, I came across a study that says, you know, per deported individual, there's, there's it costs you ICE $10,000 per individual to deport them. There's, according to Donald Trump, there was uh, two to three million criminal undocumented immigrants that would have to be deported. Um, but overall, there's about 11 million undocumented immigrants. And considering that they just expanded the criteria as to who classifies as deportable, you can see that the trend is, is progressing in a very dark manner. Um, you know, not only from a, a cost standpoint, but from a humanitarian standpoint. From the cost standpoint, uh, you know, Trump had said that he wanted to hire anywhere between, you know, about 5,000 new agents of immigration customs enforcement and about 10,000 or about 5,000 CBP uh, hires and 10,000 immigration customs enforcement hires. Well, just to hire 500 people to the Department of Homeland Security cost about $100 million. So we're going to expand it from 500 to 10,000 and it costs $100 million to hire the 500. Here's another huge expense that we need to try to come up with money that we're not going to be able to do. And it's, it makes it very, very difficult to do this. Now, um, I'll kind of get off of here on that topic of one more thing, but um, the, the one part of this whole issue that just drives me nuts is that they are talking, and, I, and I'm just going to read this. Uh, one area in which the Trump administration could potentially increase its deportation capacity at relatively lower costs is expanding the program in which ICE grants local law enforcement agency immigration enforcement powers traditionally reserved for the federal government. Um, and this is from the Denver Post. Um, the, the, the fact that they're talking about taking our police force and allowing them to arrest and deport individuals is getting very, very close to a police state. And, and that is very, very scary. And that's, that is why I'm, you know, not necessarily agreeing with how this is going. And it's, it's very scary to see these developments along with everything else, because from a prophetic standpoint, we know that, you know, as Christians, we will be persecuted. And we will go through a very difficult time. And, you know, I mean, we can, we can look back in history and you look back at what happened during Nazi Germany. And I remember hearing the, the old saying, you know, that at first they came for, you know, the, the gypsies and the, 
they didn't come for me, so I didn't say anything. And then the next day came for the Jews. And well, I'm not Jewish, so I didn't say anything. And the next day came for the Catholics. And and I'm not Catholic, so I didn't say anything. And finally, they came for me, and and there was no one left to stand up for me. And and I, unfortunately, this this is parallel to kind of what history did, and, and history is doomed to repeat itself if we don't correct such actions. So I, I think I put in a nice little mouthful for us to get started, but I'll hand it off to you guys and see what you think. Well, I'd like to say this first and foremost, out of that diatribe there, if commercial real estate goes south, I I just have one really big question. I thought that all these uh, – that's what all these big hedge funds were invested in, Clinton. Is that right or wrong? I mean I, I was thinking that's that's what those hedge fund managers would invest in because it was like a sheer bet type of thing. Is Is that correct or am I wrong? Well, it, it depends. Um, they may have invested previously, but uh, if they have any indication of what's going on, they're probably withdrawn. Now, um, to kind of add on to that, there's a company, I believe it's called Blackstar, and they recently were added into the government protection along with uh, Fina, uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Um, now, this Blackstar is a company that um, when the housing crisis happened in 2008, they went around and they bought all these homes that uh, were vacant or foreclosed on. And they created uh, like a rental company out of them. So now this is a very large corporation that is in the process of renting homes and it's backed by the federal government. So, so the plan is not to have really private ownership of houses or maybe even corporate real estate because corporate real estate is going to get very, very cheap uh, when everything hits. Um, but it's more to have it where you have, like a, a government run kind of rental agency instead. And so the corporate real estate may be kind of on that par as well. I see. Well, that's kind of not very good news. Uh, this could, you know, I've been hearing here and there talk about the hedge funds not doing too well if something goes wrong. And this, well, the whole economic situation is just just out of control. As far as people being turned into, well, they used to be referred to as human shields, but that don't matter anymore. Um, here over the past 365 days, if you know, doesn't matter if ISIS goes into a hospital, ah, uh, we'll hit it. Doesn't matter uh, here what two weeks ago or three weeks ago um, we hit a school. So I guess this is part and parcel with what we're seeing uh, people being used as a weapon. It's everything's being turned on its head. Everything is is going topsy turvy as the doctors without borders become exasperated at the American military machine consistently bombing them. It's rather disturbing, uh, everything that is developing on that front. Well, Brian, uh, would you like to step in here and uh, give your spiel, uh, thoughts about what 
Clinton just shared and begin with your own uh, news diatribe. We have got a lot to cover tonight, that's for sure. Oh boy, my own news diatribe. I, you know, concerning what Clinton just covered, essentially right on the absolute mark with every bit of it. You know, let us touch on the, um, well, it states they shall come like a flood. That's quite literally what, you know, this, uh, this refugee crisis, folks, it's all over in prophecy. And, you know, I have found it, you were right on the mark. He's using that as a, you know, his hidden card in his sleeve, basically, to bring about absolute collapse. And this is where this whole, many people don't understand what happened here with this uh, deal with Turkey. Now, when we had the Gulen coup that went down, um, you know, basically, we're seeing that come into effect when I had shut everything off last night. It was at a 12-hour mark on this constitutional referendum that's going to go into place, which basically, if this passes, this is going to give Erdogan even more power. Now, if everybody um, – well, think back to right when the Gulen coup had happened. Now, I sat down and I watched a group of um, – a panel on foreign affairs advisors, people that had been there in Turkey when it happened – you know, and et cetera. And then, you know, a guy obviously bringing in his own line of sight on the whole situation. And one of the crucial aspects, actually a multitude of crucial aspects that were brought up in this, they pointed out first off as the Erdogan kept using the phrase, this is the gift that keeps on giving. And then they brought up the very fact alone of what was happening with all the refugees that Turkey was allowed or was paid or supposedly paid. See, here's the problem. They made a deal with the European Union. Merkel was at the head of this. The deal was they would get large sums of money for helping deal with this crisis. And on top of it, they would get European Union membership. And they basically didn't come through on either one. They never paid them. And they didn't give them European Union membership. So already then, right away, these uh, foreign affairs advisors were warning that this has already become an explosive situation. And this just keeps building and building and building. And let me put a little perspective here on this. I just finished up with a three-part documentary series on the Ottoman Empire. And this was made a couple years ago. And the irony of what they said, at the very end of it, they could, there was no way they could see this coming. Because essentially, since Erdogan has come to power in Turkey, they have called this the rise of the Neo-Ottoman Empire. But the person that was giving the um, commentary as he got near the end of this documentary series, he stated, well, we don't need to worry about this because there's a democratic government in place. Therefore, they elect new leaders every, quote unquote, four years or whatever their election cycle breaks down to. But there was no way he could have known at that point in time about what was brewing behind the scenes with the Gulen coup. And that one goes so much deeper. We did a program on this quite some time back um, on the YouTube channel. I can't recall the name offhand, but nonetheless, we covered various aspects of that then. And as of yesterday, to further the Gulen coup issue, um, Istanbul released through their own website, through the Turkish website that I follow, that they are going to begin to seek 
uh, prosecution for all of the United States, um, basically members of intelligence communities, senators, leaders all over within the United States that were directly behind this. And were they directly behind the Gulen coup? Sorry, folks, I hate to be Captain Obvious here, but yes, they were. This thing has been being set in place for a long time. So now when you have this kind of capability in the hands of a man who already they had been warning that this was leading to the rising of the neo-Ottoman Empire, and now he's basically seized absolute control through this quote-unquote coup that happened, and he has this major card hidden up his sleeve. This is one of the major reasons, everybody, that I started warning you need to keep an eye on the European Union because the very moment he makes that decision, they know this is going to bring about economic collapse. And they're already reeling. They're having a lot more issues than they're trying to play out in the news because if you go through individually and you look at each one of these nations, you can see that they're all having issues. The Brexit, there's been new news stories that have been being released that are showing they're having massive economic issues. So the fact alone, as I brought up, this last two days alone has been something else. But this election that's about to go down in Turkey, if this resolution gets passed, this constitutional amendment goes through. And I mean, I hate to be the bearer of bad news here, folks, but we need to watch for the fact that they could corruptly do it anyways. Because if everybody remembers the last election, how much controversy was involved where they suspected that he had taken the election pretty much by force anyways. So that's that's one explosive topic amongst many here. I mean, I'm, I'm not even sure where to go next with this. I'd rather just stop here for the time being and let you guys go a little bit, and then we'll just flow back and forth on this because it's just – this is a very cohesive push comes to shove. Circumstances playing out all through the world right now. And once you know your history, you know your geography, you can quite clearly see what's happening. But you guys step in here. Brian, you know, the links you sent me last night was off the charts uh, because I never expected to see Psalm 83 and the book of Asaph come so clearly into focus. Um when I first took a look at it, I was like, really? Ladies and gentlemen, this is, this is what's happening. Um, Jordan is not too key on Iranian troops being close to his border. Now, we're all told very clearly that behind the scenes – the Assyrian is going to use Jordan as his trump card. And I never saw this coming that, ladies and gentlemen, we could very quickly get into real ugliness because the king of Jordan is not known to mince words. And he said that Iran's Revolutionary Guards were in Syria and 70 kilometers away from the Jordanian border, adding that his kingdom would not tolerate 
Iranian advancement towards its territory. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, with this in mind, uh, remembering what is written there in Psalm 83 and the players at hand, it almost leaves you sick to your stomach. You see this coming, and you absolutely know that the majority of the Christian community have absolutely no clue what's going on. We just had a very important place bombed in Afghanistan. But ladies and gentlemen, the first thing Brian did when we got on, he said, here, I'm going to share my screens. I looked at the screen. Yes, what's your point? He said, this is where the bomb hit. Look right north of it. Directly north where that bomb struck is where the Lapis Lazuli mines are. Directly south of it, Corson, unmentioned volcano by the Christian so-called eschatological experts. Then Brian sends me some private messages that you do realize that the Moab bomb that was used, you do realize that it could have been nuclear. I had no idea what he was talking about. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the B-16 Moab is a 21,600-ton warhead. Of course, everybody knows from Brian and, and I's studies, that is, of course, the circle of the Earth, 21,600 nautical miles. The bad thing about this is, is that this bomb has a Mod 12. Now, the previous versions was Mod 3, 4, 7, and 10. However, Mod 12 is nuclear. So I hope that this doesn't really come into play because I immediately blew it off. There would be no way anything beyond a super fortress could carry this. Well, this is coming uh, directly uh, from information uh, contained in uh, the National Interest as published July 13th, 2015. The B-16-12, also important for modernization of European nuclear attacks. The improved accuracy makes it more effective than the previous B-61, 3s, and 4s currently developed to the continent. The F-16 and the Tornado aircraft cannot interface with the new bomb due to electronic differences, but NATO countries that are Buying the F-35s will be able to utilize it. The first test flight for the inert B-6112 was conducted in 2015. Ladies and gentlemen, they already tested it last year. And if an F-13 or an F-35 can carry it, 
that means both the tornado, which is the aircraft of choice for Germany, excellent military platform, the tornado aircraft, and the F-16 would be able to deliver it to target. Now, that being said, Brian pointed out that here within a few days, ladies and gentlemen, they just released that everybody was just ecstatic at this so-called accidental president. They were just elated because they were now with this freed-up funding taken from various part, uh, parts and portions of the American people and redistributed to the military machine, was able to uh, test the new gravity bombs, nuclear gravity bombs. Ladies and gentlemen, that's exactly what the B-6-1-12 Moab is. And as far as I can tell, it's the only one. So with that in mind, ladies and gentlemen, it looks like we're seeing Psalm 83 in more ways than one. We're going to take a little bit different break at the top of the hour. I thought it apropos for us to just listen to the apocalypse. This is going to be a short break, 11 minutes, 24 seconds. We'll be right back. You're listening to the End Time Tribune. The Revelation, Chapter 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God, and of the testimony of Jesus Christ, and of all things he saw. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you, and peace from him which is and which was, and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion for ever and ever. Amen. Behold, he come with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, Amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in the tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, 
and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one likened to the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet likened to fine brass, as if they were burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive for evermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand, and seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. The Revelation chapter 2 Under the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles, and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne, and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored, and hast not fainted. Nevertheless I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore from which thou art fallen, and repent and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will, I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews, and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos write, These things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seed is. And thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith, even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr, and was slain among you, where Satan dwelleth. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He that hath an ear, 
Let him hear with the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh, I will give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the white stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. And unto the angel of the church in Tyratyra write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works, and charity, and service, and faith, and thy patience, and thy works, and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. I gave her space to repent her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searches the reins and hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But unto you, I say, and unto the rest in Taratara, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan, as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden, but that which ye have already, hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter, till they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my Father. And I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. The Revelation chapter 3 And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. Be watchful, and strengthen the things which remain, that are ready to die. For I have not thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Thou hast a few names even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not block out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews, and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before my feet, and know that I have loved thee. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world, to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast. No man take thy crown. Him that overcometh, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. 
He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him, and will sup with him, and he with me. To him that overcometh, I will grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcome and am set down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the End Time Tribune as we go over breaking news and current events as it pertains to Bible prophecy, of course. I would think that we are perhaps the only show of its kind. There are lots out there that cover news from a biblical perspective. However, they rarely ever mention that fact. You know, ladies and gentlemen, Brian and I went to great lengths on the bands of time to give you parameters for Eden. And thinking about that, I was sitting there thinking over everything that was involved, historically speaking, especially with the Golden Fleece. Why? They use the fleeces because, of course, the lanolin, so that's what they would use to sift out the gold. The simple fact that the lapis lazuli mines are there, that this will be the seat of power concerning what is to come. I am provoked to ask Brian a question. Brian… Have you looked over the prophecies of Eden? I would think that a lot of people would be shocked that I even put it in that English vernacular. Many people don't even know uh, because there are no uh, end-time prophecy experts that talk about the uh, prophecies of Eden when they are most plainly and assuredly in the Bible, God's holy word. So, Brian, what's your, your thoughts on that and a general rundown, what you think that, you know, I, I do hate to point this out, but the B61-12 was already tested last year, and we have no idea if we just hit them with a nuke or not. It's just 
mind-boggling that they would drop it here. Amidst the seemingly endless poppy fields that, well, we've already been shown the pictorial evidence of our very own generals guarding those poppy fields. So, Brian, uh, what's your thoughts about the Eden prophecies in the Bible? Boy, oh boy. Well, that's just it. I mean, we need to start with what happened here um, concerning this uh, report with the, uh, you know, it was rather contradictory reports when it came out. Me and Matthew were trying to work that out last night because when the first very initial reports were released on this, uh, it's called the mother of all bombs. It's a 21,600, I believe, pound is the measurement on it? I can't recall what measure they use on it, but I mean, considering you've got the uh, diameter of the planet, uh, aka time equals distance, distance equals time into a bomb, that's already enough to catch your attention. But like I said, I was, um, you know, I was sitting here doing my typical scan through the news feeds, and this that story just had broke within seconds of me getting up to start doing my news feed uh, run through for the day. And the first initial reports that came on on this bomb, it was so contradictory that you couldn't make heads nor tails of it. Because first they began to call it um, a new quote-unquote variant of the mother of all bombs that they had just finished or something called the father of all bombs. That's what they were dubbing it at first. And then within 24 hours, all of a sudden you're getting releases saying, well, it's this age-old, you know, the quote-unquote original bomb. So I, I have no idea what's going on here. I know the reports I saw when they came out, and then I know what happened 24 hours later. So we don't really know exactly what in the world, outside of this sort of model, what was used. But on top of it, we had immediately was released into the news within hours that the inert nuclear gravity bomb uh, passes first F-16 flight test. And this is a... Okay, why am I not surprised? Nothing but com- contradictions. This is the uh, B612, um, quote unquote, they call it a life extension program. And like I said, this story was just released in hours. What they have done is they've been able to fit these uh, these nuclear warheads that are uh, another variant of a bunker buster onto uh, F-16s and a lot of your smaller light attack crafts. And they've set this thing up in a way you can even find this just under the uh, the old uh, B-61 nuclear bomb program, if you look down at the Mod 12, we'll start explaining what this thing is. Now, take note of it on top of it here. However, refitting the 400 weapons is now expected to cost over 100, or I mean $10 billion. Does everybody remember the new numbers for the uh, military budget that was added onto it as they cut all humanitarian aid in the process? Yes, folks, you might want to check into what they did to food stamps. We have somebody here we personally know that's in our presence that had their food stamps for a family of four reduced to $18 per month. So this is leading nowhere good and fast. Nonetheless, this bomb all of a sudden is just magically seems to be in a, within that little new number. And when you begin to look through at the design of this uh, B612, 
you start to ask some questions that you don't want to ask. And before we go much further on that, I'm going to get your opinion on that, Matt. Did you look at this yet? Because I'm wondering about cash tech involved with this weapon. And if this is what we are dealing with, folks, you have no idea what they've done. This is something so dangerous, it's literally unbelievable. So what's your take on that, Matthew? Well, we have no information as to whether the cash tech was involved or not. If so, let's let's ask ourselves, why are they hitting the poppy fields? Now, you can get it straight from uh, common knowledge resources like the Wikipedia. Uh, It said that last year um, this area that they bombed, uh, of course, housed no less than 130 villages that contained poppy plantations. So it was the greatest concentration of poppy plants on the planet. And like I said, we already have the pictorial evidence. There is no question. We have pictures of American generals standing in the midst of the poppies with his soldiers around guarding the crop. So this is what really bothers me is why would they hit this place in the first place? Why would they choose to test it here? It doesn't make any sense at all. But ladies and gentlemen, Kesh has been threatening the world powers with his new tech. And we haven't heard from him from a while. It makes me wonder. Now, we do know it was all over uh, the news that he was, of course, threatening the navies. And right now we have a Cuban Missile Crisis-style standoff with North Korea. This is really beginning to bother me. Uh, This could go nowhere good really quick. The the problem is, you know, when we think about this location, this is one of the prophecies concerning Eden. I will also break the gate bar of Damascus. And cut off the inhabitant from the valley of Avon. And him who holds the scepter from Beth Eden. So the people of Aram will go exiled to Kir, says the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, Beth Eden is the house of Eden there. Now... I appreciate that the Septuagint puts it a little bit different. This saith the Lord, for these three, Lord have mercy. I'm sitting here looking at it, and I don't even know if I want to say it. You know, let's just let's just put that in our back pocket. But ladies and gentlemen, you might want to take a look at what both the Hebrew Bible source code says and the Greco Bible source code. Because he's making himself perfectly clear. This has everything to do with Syrian refugees 
and Damascus. So, with that in mind, ladies and gentlemen, it, it makes you wonder to the full extent what is going on and, and what is happening here. Brian, your thoughts? Well, this is where we got to hit the rewind button and wrong mouse. Sorry, folks. I'm having to run two computers here. You know, take note again of what uh, Matthew just amplified to everybody here. Now, when we did that program concerning Eden, there was something very important that's going to stand out once you look at the history of this location where they dropped this bomb. And we had pointed out that, you know, at that stage, I was already kind of in a state of going, okay, there was a method to what Alexander was doing, you know, and once we, once we locked in that exact location and you find out right there, there is the place in Afghanistan that is spelled A-R-I-A. It's A-R-E-A. And that's the exact same word that Darius the Great used in his Bison inscription. He said, I am an Aryan, A-R-Y-A-N, which to that language means I am a noble of A-R-I-A. A, Ari, A. What this boils down to, and once we get this program rolling as far as ancient Macedonia and all of the importance of everything that's happening there in the Balkans as we speak, folks, he was making a claim to divine right of being a king of Eden. This is no different than what Alexander the Great did. And if you don't know your ancient history stretching all the way back to the dawn of time from when, well, A, you have to have Eden, but B, you also have to know and understand what happened as the table of nations of 70 nations took place and their dispersions and where they went. Because Yavan was all over the place in India, and it's all over the place in their most ancient text that they were right there in the mix. Alexander was making that very same claim, and you can watch his path he takes. He went right through the Khyber Pass, which is going to bring you right up in to that same district in Pakistan. Now, remember, everybody, we talked about that last week. Pakistan used to be, quote-unquote, India. This split into Pakistan is a very recent geographical border with the new designation and name. So he was basically, there was not madness as we would first think looking at the accounts concerning Alexander the Great. Everything he did was calculated. And if you don't understand the history, it doesn't make sense until it dawns on you, oh my gosh. So he was making a claim to direct, he was claiming to be a king of Eden. And we know on top of it, concerning Darius the Great and concerning Alexander. Well, Alexander had a bit of a divinity complex, a.k.a. he essentially went out of his way to get everybody to get into the mindset that he was a god. This is no different than that claim with Darius. I'm going to mention this real fast because we got to touch on something with Iran here. I need people to understand this and understand this quick. I just went through a program last night on the 100-year war in Iran that has led to where we are now. And you have to understand that that last Shaw, Pelvi, okay, folks, he held a parade. Basically, 
aligning himself as being the new Cyrus, sat there in front of Cyrus's tomb. Oh, none of the rest of Iran showed up, though. It was him and all of his military. Nobody else showed up. Once they dethroned the Shah, we gave the count already. We are moving into that last president, and this lines up exactly with the exact same number of kings that came after Darius the Great until the fall of the Persian Empire. So we're not dealing with coincidence any longer here. When you have the quote-unquote opposite shadow and silhouette of Cyrus the Great, where this man, this Shah, he was pretty out of line, folks. It, it was bad news. He was set up by Western nations. Not a good story. And if you look into this stuff, you're going to understand how it is that Iran got to the point where they were now. Between the British and then the Americans coming in all over the, all this oil, no wonder they've been pushed to the place where they're at now. So there is responsibility that lays on the West's shoulders for now what we're seeing. Irregardless of that, well, now we move forward into this. Go ahead. Well, you just dropped a bomb on us. Uh, yeah, go go ahead. Uh, finish, Bri. You just... Well, <laughs> your phrasing there, um, rather ironic, considering that seems to be what's happening nonstop here with bombs being dropped. Well, I don't think anybody <sighs> knows that any such shawl ascended in Persia. I I haven't studied this 100 years war. Why would I? Of course, <laughs> my foolishness is at hand, isn't it? You're saying that he staged a military parade at Cyrus the Great's tomb, and nobody knows this. And we're to the next one, and that puts it isochronally in exactly the place we should be setting. I don't I don't think anybody's ever shared that, Brian. Not anywhere. Would this just dawn on me last night? I mean, recall back in I believe it was twenty eleven we kept stumbling all the on all the strange paintings with um the tomb of Cyrus the Great and we were already trying to wrap our minds around what had happened there. And then you kind of begin to realize that we had stumbled onto that parade at that time. So in slight I remembered that, but I did not realize he was the last leader before this whole new group moved into power with the Islamic Revolutionary Guard and all that. So I mean, when, this, when I saw it last night and then I looked at it again, I went, oh my gosh. I, uh, I want to get Clinton's uh, view on a single verse, if that's all right, before you continue. Oh yes, absolutely. Is that all right? Um, Clinton, I was wanting your take on this singular verse uh, contains, well, rather disturbing from Joel chapter 2 and verse 3. A fire devoureth before them, and behind them a flame burneth. The land is as the garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness Yea, and nothing shall escape them. Clinton, what's your thoughts on on well this this prophecy concerning obviously uh, Eden being tied to the end of days and the simple fact that 
have you ever heard anybody talk about these prophecies concerning Eden before? What's do, do you think this bombing in Iran could or in Afghanistan in this in this region? Do you think this could go somewhere very bad or not? Or you think we're just hitting ISIS and it'll be washed underneath the table? What's your thoughts, Clinton? Well, I think it's uh, it's the beginning. Um, of something bigger. Uh, one little tidbit that was missed throughout the, the news was shortly before we bombed Afghanistan, uh, there was an article came in, came out that uh, Russia and Iran were both uh, upping their uh, support for Afghanistan and uh, 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 starting to make it more of a stronghold for them. And then we make a, a you know a show of force, I guess you could say, by dropping this large bomb. Um, now, I, I, when it comes to the prophecies of Eden, this is new to me. So I am listening to you guys, and it's, it's very fascinating as well, um, and everything with uh, Alexander the Great. Now, when it comes to Joel, you know, verse uh, chapter 2, verse 3, I always saw this as the advancing of an of a army. Uh, before them is the Garden of Eden. Behind them is the destruction that is left. Um, and, and that's how I've always kind of seen it is depicted as just that. Now, this bomb that was dropped on Afghanistan, um, the reports that, that I have heard is that supposedly there's this, uh, this base and there's all these tunnels underneath it. So they needed to use this large bomb to destroy all these tunnels underneath it. Um, but it doesn't make sense. Um, nothing makes sense about this attack on Afghanistan. Um, the only part that makes sense is from a political standpoint which is Afghanistan is one of the, I guess you could say two countries, Afghanistan and Iraq, that uh, the president has Congress approval to bomb. So basically a bomb could be dropped in Afghanistan and, and it doesn't matter from a political standpoint because the approval's already been given. So it's an easy way to make a point. To drop that large of a bomb and the location, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense unless you're pulling in uh, the prophecies, which I think that that uh, Brian is is indicating, and and this this study sounds fascinating. So I definitely will have to to watch this hundred year study that you watched as well. Well, I must point hey, out what you just you just stated there really kind of caught me off guard. Now that they're pulling Russia and Iran and uh, Russia and you know Iran with Afghanistan, oh my gosh. In light of what you just said, in light of this uh, documentary I watched last night, um, we're back to World War One repetitions. And now I'm extremely bothered once you bring that up, because this seems to be happening nonstop. We had the 100-year anniversary of America entering World War One. The Oslo Accords is about to hit a 100-year anniversary. So now I'm a little bit chilled that you brought that little piece of information to the table. Yeah, well, all these. Uh, when back, it come, when it, oh, go ahead. No, I just wanted to say, me too, Brian. I hadn't heard that. I mean, how, I don't even know how Clinton saw that. How on earth did he see that Russia's now talking about setting this up as a stronghold? I, I never caught it. Yeah, go ahead, uh, Clinton. Please continue. Yeah, the information is coming out so quickly. It's you, it's ridiculous. I, I can't uh, uh, imagine I caught half of the stuff that's coming out. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it makes absolute sense. I mean, the similarities between what's happening now in World War One and I mean, just the buildup everywhere. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier, you know, that Pakistan would, used to be part of India and then they broke off. Well, there's been some interesting developments between India and Israel as well. Um, India and Israel yeah. recently signed a defense agreement. Um, and uh, then after the defense agreement, they signed a, an agreement for Israel to sell a whole bunch of fighter jets to um, India as well. Um, so it seems like that there's a, an alliance that's being developed there. And if Iran and, and Russia are, are starting to move more aggressively in Afghanistan, and we know Pakistan is more on the fence against India and for Iran, then it, it, you know, it makes sense that they're trying to make that a stronghold as like a, a buffer um, in any kind of attack that may happen between uh, India and Pakistan that could develop. Well, absolutely. And I mean, if you even look at the history concerning the Cold War, that was the stronghold I mean, folks, this is how the Mujahideen, the Taliban, um, and I even believe Al-Qaeda forces had come to the forefront when the CIA was using them as essentially, uh, you know, a border control mechanism to keep the Russians out. And look, they pushed the Russians back. They could not gain access into these regions, into Pakistan, Afghanistan, this whole border, because this has been the whole crux of this thing. Iraq and Iran that oil right there has been a major strong point of contention since they discovered the oil there. And it's, oh my gosh, it's just so many things are unfolding as history keeps wrapping itself back around and around and around. Well, well, let me say this, that ladies and gentlemen, you can look into the Greco Bible source code for Joel chapter 2 verse 3 that I asked Clinton about there's probably a word there that you don't know is there now like I said I, I, I hesitated in in reading what the Septuagint has to say but let's, we know this is part of the code okay because uh, ladies and gentlemen the Septuagint is quoted by Christ himself. It's multiple times in the New Testament. So with that being thrown out of the way, I'm going to go ahead and read what Thompson has to say about this verse. Before them is a kindling fire, and behind them a glowing flame. Before them the land is like a pleasure garden, and behind them a scene of desolation, and there is none who can escape them. Right there, what Thompson uses for desolation, and Britain he translates this as a desolate plain. That's really not what it is, ladies and gentlemen, because that is a word used singularly in the New Testament. And uh, its its location is troubling uh, to me when I, when I think about it. But it's located uh, one time in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 13. And... It is G eight fifty four, and it means to vanish. It means to disappear, ladies and gentlemen. That's that's what it means. Um, reading from the Thompson New Testament, Hebrews chapter eight verse thirteen, by calling this a new covenant, 
he hath antiquated the first. Now that which is antiquated and grown old is near being abolished. New American Standard Version says, but whatever is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to disappear. That is the more correct translation. The King James Version states it right on time, right on target in this instant. It says, now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. Ladies and gentlemen, consider what is being discussed in Joel chapter 2. Remember that this is all about the trumpets being sounded, of course, in Zion. We know from the book of Revelation exactly the Zion that Christ is referring to. It is the heavenly throne room. With this in mind, ladies and gentlemen, you have to realize that that's exactly what a nuclear warhead does. If you're at ground zero, ladies and gentlemen, we have the pictorial evidence. You can go to Hiroshima and Nagasaki and see that all that remained of people at Ground Zero was, of course, a shadow burnt into the concrete. Because it completely evaporates, especially anything organic. They simply vanish. Now, when you prophetically... Look at Hebrews chapter 8, verse 13. You can see that he is plainly referring to the same thing that he referred to about this coming night. Remember when Christ the King informed us, his children, that night was coming when no good deed could be done? Ladies and gentlemen, let me read this verse to you again, okay? When he said, a new covenant he has made the first obsolete, but whatever is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to disappear. Ladies and gentlemen, the only thing he could possibly be talking about is the end of days. Now, Ladies and gentlemen, we have talked about the Assyrian isochronally many times. We have talked about the strange verses as to why this false prophet is given the authority to cast down and exercise dominion over the host of heaven. That is exactly what Daniel was told. So, when you go back to Joel chapter 2, ladies and gentlemen, this, this just isn't good. This, this just isn't good. I mean, let me read the next verse. Joel chapter 2 verse 3. Their appearance was like the appearance of horses. And like war horses, so they run. 
ladies and gentlemen, you're supposed to be what's offering you cover fire. Did you not listen during the break? You do realize that Christ the King was addressing all seven of those churches in the present tense. Ladies and gentlemen, you, you have the resources at your disposal. You can go look at the Greek for yourself. You can get Robinson's parceling information that shows you the verb tense. You can plainly see. Yes, he was certainly addressing most accurately the Jews that in Inhibited, and the Christians that inhibited Jerusalem in 70 AD. He was addressing them in present tense. From this time it was written, of course, it was before that event. Don't you understand that God himself chases after what has been? Ladies and gentlemen, I've said this many times. Matthew chapter 24 is real. He wasn't lying. These things are going to come to pass. You are going to be provoked to flee. This is in direct conjunction with why the children of Israel went to Egypt. They went there because of famine, and they stayed. And God provided unto them a Goshen by which they would be protected. Ladies and gentlemen, the ten plagues and the four riders are going to facilitate the exact same purpose. They're going to offer you cover fire. The last thing on the ten kings' mind that run this planet is you. I mean, we all know what the Egyptians should have done with the children of Israel. There should have been a lynching, duh. They had been told full well at whose expense they were enduring the wrath of the Lord their God. They knew full well who it was. Why wasn't there a lynching? My goodness, it's almost like the Christian community has become so dead they don't believe in miracles anymore. Blows my mind. It absolutely blows my mind. All of you better take this to the bank. You better figure out what it was that made the Lord your God mad while the children of Israel was in the relocation process because they tested him ten times by his own mouth. You better figure out what it was that upset him. I suggest you do so with Godspeed. Brian, back to you. All right, well, that's just it. i got to cover a boatload of information here at Lightning Speed, folks, and I'm hoping not to lose you. 
All right, we need to understand exactly where it was that this attack happened. This attack happened in the what is referred to as the Nang Ahar province. Now, to quickly explain for those of you that had not seen this program, I ended up having to spend about a week and a half locating the Pashan River itself. The key portion to find that was first off and foremost, well, you have to find the land of Havilah in that part of the world. Don't get confused with the sister city that's over in Arabia. You had to find that Havilah, and that, lo and behold, ended up being the ancient name for Herat in Afghanistan. Now, after we did that program, when I began to go through and look even more closely at that very location, all of a sudden you start finding out that they had multiple geographic or geological places and geographical names that every single one of them nonstop was the Pashan, the Pashan Basin, the Pashan this, the Pashan that. The name is still there in use to this very day. So now there's no escaping that you had that Pashan River was rolling into Afghanistan and your land of Havilah that was right there in Herat. Now, I have to cover this because this is crucial, folks, because one of your big ones of your isoconal prophecies that has always been so very misunderstood throughout the ages is going to come up here in Ezekiel 28, uh, 13. But when you go back up to the very beginning, you've got to pay attention to what the first verse says. The word of the Lord came again to me saying, Son of man, say to the leader of Tyr, thus says the Lord God. All right, and then on top of it, when you go down to 28.13, this is where you get the crucial information as to where Eden was located. You were in the Eden, the Garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the ruby, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the lapis lazuli. Again, the lapis lazuli, turquoise, and emerald, and gold workmanship of your settings and sockets was found in you. All right, folks. I double, tripled, quadruple checked. Every single thing that's listed here is available in this location in Afghanistan and through these regions in Pakistan as well. Okay, every stone there, but the key crucial hint was the lapis lazuli because it's still in use to this very day, the very same ancient lapis lazuli mine that was the only place where that came from throughout the entire ancient world is still used in Afghanistan today. This bomb was dropped directly due south of that mine. Now let us take a look here at this region of just the, uh, they, they only put the quote-unquote history from this point because that's where they at least they pulled their recorded sources from. Everybody likes to bypass the sources in India because we have to create an Aryan invasion theory when we come in and take over somebody's land. Early history, the province was originally part of the Akhamenid Empire, the Gandhara Satrapi province. Folks, that's where the Magi set up camp. The Nagantara province territory and eastern Iranian people there fell to the Mauryan Empire, which was led by Chanagupta Maurya. The Mauryas introduced Hinduism and Buddhism to the region and were planning to capture more territory in Central Asia until they faced local Greco-Bactrian forces Seleucus is said to have reached a peace treaty with Chandragupta by giving control of the territory south of the Hindu Kush to the Maryas upon intermarriage and 500 elements. 
Alexander took these away from the Marians and established a settlement of his own. But Seleucus Nictator gave them to Sandrakoptis, Chandragupta, upon terms of intermarriage and of receiving in exchange 500 elements. Now, we can keep building on this here, but folks, here's the important aspect. You need to realize this quickly as far as the Achaemenid Empire is concerned. Okay, folks, we have this all over throughout the Bible. Esther goes into explicit detail as it goes through and lists various odds and ends concerning that empire. Gandhara basically funded the entire Achaemenid Empire because they were bringing in the gold dust that they were mining there by using fleece put over the top of a screening mechanism and the highest amount of gold that came in that just completely obliterated what everybody else was paying was from Gondara. The Ottoman Empire was literally fueled by Gondara. Okay, and when we got Alexander came into this area, he came up against these forces, and most folks will say this is the first time he had issues. No, it is not. This is the second time. His first time was when he was up in the Sogdian and Bactrian region when he came against those Scythian forces that inhabited that region. He couldn't beat them. This is Hence, why he went to a different tactic, and he said, well, I just need to break it down and get along with these people. Then he met his love, Roxana, and the rest of that is history. But nonetheless, now you've got a crucial element here in place. Suddenly, lo and behold, they dropped this bombs of all places. This has started coming up in the news a while back that ISIS forces were filtering into Afghanistan. I have friends in Pakistan that lived right in the city in Lahore, that were reporting the ISIS attacks that were happening and things were getting blown up nonstop. So this started a while back when they filtered in. I want to amplify what Clinton said earlier, though, because he was completely correct. This whole attack makes no sense. ISIS forces very well may have been in there, but at the same time, we don't know what went down. Now I'm going to stroll this back over quick to Ezekiel 28. Because, folks, it ain't good. But let me throw another little tidbit in here real fast before we do that. The main, this area is mainly inhabited by the Pashtun, where they bombed. We did programs years back explaining, folks, that the um, tribe of Ephraim is located within the tribes of the Pashtun people there in Pakistan and Afghanistan, through that Swat Valley region going into where they just bombed. So this all of a sudden starts bringing in more very major ramifications that this place was chosen as well. Because when the Pakistan, everybody that knows there, that if you want to deal with fierce warriors, you're not going to find anything that can even compete with these guys. So this already stirring them up as well as the other people that are in that area already, this is beginning to become unhinged. This is now where I'm going to slide it back over to what I was bringing up before, though. Recall what I said. It points out to you the king of Tyr in that prophecy as well. All right, folks, this is the stuff I sent Matthew last night. I'm just going to give you the clippets. All right, I already touched on that slightly. Oh, and by the way, everybody, Aminadinejad is now in the race for president, which I'm hoping to get you guys to comment on that before we go here, because good grief. All right. Al Monitor had released Israel, Hamas, Gaza Strip, Qatar, electricity, fuel, water. They are about to have an absolute collapse in 
the Gaza Strip with the electric output in that region. That's already leading to something very not good in the Gaza Strip. Now, this order came in just prior to the U.S. strike on Syria. This really is going to make you begin to ask some serious questions here. According to a number of sources who talked to the Syrian publication, at least 300 Hezbollah fighters have abandoned 14 positions in the Qunite area, which sits in near proximity to Israel's Golan territory. The militants, according to sources, left their tanks, armored vehicles, left, yeah, left with tanks, armored vehicles, and heavy weapons as they made their way toward the Syrian capital of Damascus. Five vehicles accompanied by a number of machine guns across the border from Lebanon, and we believe that there were senior figures from Hezbollah or senior Iranian officials, the sources told Syrian news websites. All right, everybody, who is Hezbollah? They are stationed out of Lebanon. They are a Shiite Iranian-aligned terrorist group that is there as we speak. So then all of a sudden, we have another thing coming to the equation with all these players. Jerusalem Post, Arab-Israeli conflict reports Hezbollah evacuating positions. I already covered that. Sorry, everybody. The king, this is the next story. This headline was from the Jerusalem Post, Middle East, Iran envoy to Jordan, summoned after Tehran calls King's statement stupid and irresponsible. In this article, it also states, the king also said that there was Iran's Revolutionary Guard were in Syria and 70 kilometers away from the Jordanian border, adding to that the kingdom would not tolerate Iranian advancement towards its territory. Twice now we have reports of Quds Force, Israeli Revolutionary Guard generals, stationed right outside of Israel, and this has been going on a lot for some time now. There was... I cannot remember. There was one other important tidbit that I had to touch on here. Obviously, it flew out the window for a purpose, and I want you guys to go ahead and comment here in this last 15 minutes, and let's try to flesh out what else still needs to be brought up. Well, Brian, I for one had no idea that Amadita Jog was was thinking about going for the presidency again, but Right here, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, the title of the article that came out yesterday. Analysis on Medinajab, Iran's greatest foil, is back in the spotlight. Uh, this can't be good news. Um, he's the one you always see throwing up the victory signs. Um, on top of that, uh, here of late... Uh, he's been throwing around all types of uh, insults. Well, this is uh, this is uh, from the German newspaper, former president, uh, former Iranian president Abdinajab. U.S. cannot hurt Iran. Uh, from the Denver Post, AP interview, Iran's Abdinajab sees no threat from U.S. Boy, that's some great. Big mouthfuls. Uh, from Fox News 10 hours ago, Ahmadinejad, Iran is a powerful country that the U.S. cannot harm. 
this is going nowhere good. Nobody saw this coming. Um, as I look over these news articles, nobody, nobody thought this. Um, this is a, a couple of lines uh, from the Greatest Foil article. His decision to register to run in the presidential election slated for May 19th followed weeks of speculations over what former president was doing behind the scenes and still came as a complete surprise following his controversy-marred presidency. He served two terms, uh, 05 to 13. Amadita Job had fallen from favor with the clerical establishment, lost his role as a mouthpiece for the fiery hard line rhetoric, and retreated into obscurity. He was not expected to... Enter frontline politics again. Uh, oh my goodness. Um, Clinton, let's let's get your thoughts on what you know about Amadita Job and what this could possibly do to the already volatile situation going on. Um, with Saudi Arabia, now Jordan, and Iran, what's what's your thoughts? Well, the first time I saw the article, I about uh, screamed. I, I did not see it coming and uh, came out of left field. And, and uh, considering the rhetoric that Amina Majad talked when he was in charge um, and the extent that he believes that the coming of the 12th Amman is happening as well. Um, the timing is very, very interesting that he is now pushing for this, you know, the, the leader of Iran with the election coming up very, very shortly. It, uh, it, it just doesn't, <laughs> it's not a good thing because if he gets in power again, with all the developments that have happened, you know, in Syria, and we, we have lots of issues because then we're going to have someone that I believe is going to be more aggressive uh, in their stance towards the destruction of Israel, which is what Amina Majad's major stance was. Now, Brian mentioned something earlier, and, and, you know, talking about the article with the, the United States, um, with Russia and Iran carving out a bigger spot in the Afghanistan. I actually found that article um, it's in the Washington Post, and it was uh, uh, on the 13th of April. I just posted it on my Twitter. But um, it, it basically says Iran and Russia have stepped up challenges to the United States power in Afghanistan, American and Afghani officials say, seizing an uncertainty of future um, U.S. policy to expand ties with the Taliban and weaken the country's Western-backed government. Now, so right there we have Iran and the United States. Iran, sorry, Freudian slip. Iran, Iran and Russia uh, trying to get the Taliban on their side in Afghanistan. We have Iran and Russia that are working with Hezbollah out of Lebanon. We have Iran and Russia that have ties to Hamas. We have all these terrorist groups that are aligning with Iran and Russia, except for ISIS. You know, which is is very interesting in itself as well. So when you have these terrorist groups joining up forces, and then you have Amina Majad, who is a heartbeat out of leadership in Iran, Israel is already speaking out to the UN about how scared they are about what's going on. 
do you really think Israel's going to stand by and let Amin Ahmadjad get in charge of Iran? I mean, seriously, do you? They're not going to happen. And and this is a strong possibility that if this does develop, and we know that things are going to develop even more from from what's going on here in Syria, that. Isaiah 19 is coming to pass where Damascus, there's a strong possibility that it will be destroyed considering that it is one of the strongholds of Assad. So we, we need to watch this and pay attention, but it's just, it's very interesting that he is rising to power at this moment. Well, let me bring this to everybody's attention. Um, this very week, we had Passover, which began the Omer count of 50 days down to Shavuot, the giving of the law. This election in Iran comes on count 39 as the sun falls. Ladies and gentlemen, look. With everything that we've mentioned, perhaps I should read this one more time. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 13. When he said, a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. But whatever is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to disappear. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I know we got a whole lot of Celestial Somology going on this year with the sign of Revelation chapter 12 in heaven. That's really just the beginning. I mean, I just told you of one celestial event that happened on Passover. We began with the pink moon conjuncting with the king star, the sign of the Son of Man, on Passover, which begins the count of 50 days off to the giving of the law at Mount Sinai. That's the whole purpose of this. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I hope that Shavuot begins... The time when the old is ready to vanish or disappear. The King James. To vanish away. I hope you're ready for such things because we need to throw this in here real quick, ladies and gentlemen, because Brian, I went to great lengths once more to share with you who the Kurds were. And I wanted to ask Brian about this. Uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, right now, Ahmadinejad is not in control, but if he was, I already covered at the beginning of this program that Jordan was getting ticked off because the Iranian special force is getting too close. And of course, that's the quids force. What's the quids force? That's the Jerusalem force, ladies and gentlemen. What would Ahmadinejad do? 
Do you know why he fell out of favor with the Iranian clerics? Because he was walking around saying, we're going to have the 12th imam. You know what that means, right? Well, when the 12th imam gets here, they can, it can, he can only get his advent if the old cleric is washed away. So, of course, he fell out of favor. You should have saw that coming. But if he would have been in charge right now, oh, Jordan and the Kurds would have had a whole lot more to worry about than the presupposition, the hint of threat from the Jerusalem force, the Iranian special forces. Uh, Brian, your, your thoughts on this? I, I, I don't think there's any question as to what would have occurred, there wouldn't have been any hesitation. I mean, right now, uh, Jordan is, you know, ticked off because the Quds Force, now let me say that again in English, the Jerusalem Force is only 70 kilometers from his border. But it's also been in the news that they've been threatening the Kurds, Bri. So your thoughts on that, please, before we shut this episode down. That is such a loaded question at this stage. Look, folks, I last week on air, I explained to everybody already in Iran, we have descendants of Elam, which would take you right back to Cyrus, and we have the descendants of the meat, the meat already in Iran. So we already have both inside of Iran. These Kurds have made claims to being the Medes. I have not even had time now to look at that genetic data because I've been working on another project concerning what's going on here with Russia. I don't know, but they're getting Western backing. They are already getting ready to put a bill on the table that is going to give them, quote-unquote, statehood rights inside of Iraq. This week, we had a general from Quds Force showed up and threatened the Kurds, said, you do this, it's game on. They're ticked. But there's also another aspect i got to touch on here fast with what Clinton brought up, because he brought something up crucial, because he pointed out this Iranian, this Russian allegiance, and we have Turkey that comes into the mix, because folks, three back-to-back-to-back articles this week alone, look, folks, Donald Trump shut down all access to the records of people coming in and out of the White House. Making matters worse, he also passed into the effect the law which removes the law uh, for churches not to use lobbying in there to push political candidates. That was all erased this week. So now they can actually push Republicans from the pulpit and not get taxed. Going back to that, though, besides those things that went on, we've had multiple people that are getting busted on a continual basis. You can't escape what's happened here. We have got ties with people with Russia and with Turkey there is something so much bigger here going on than meets the eye. And these kind of alliances, this is dangerous. And now, with the article that was released this week, there was infighting during the elections within the intelligence communities. Now it's coming to light. Why? Because one side knew what was going on, and the other side obviously rose up against them. And I don't even want to ask what's happened to the ones that stood up to avert this treason. That's all I got to say. Well, looks like we're going to hit a little bit of overdrive. Um, because I I have to say this, I am compelled to push. 
I'm compelled to sound the alarm. Ladies and gentlemen, we brought up to you Ezekiel chapter 28. Brian has pointed out that not only using archaeology with the lapis lazuli mines, he's been going through the archaeogenetical research proving what just came out of his mouth is the truth. Now, with that in mind, Brian didn't read verse 14 of Ezekiel chapter 28. From the day thou wast created, thou wast on the holy mountain of God, I place thee. Thou wast born in the midst of the sparkling stones. Ladies and gentlemen, we know from the book of Zechariah that periodically... And I think I could mathematically prove beyond any shadow of a doubt that these rotational periods is 280 days. That's beside the point. You probably take note that, hey, when I was listening in the break to the book of Revelation, there was a certain group that was promised to be given the morning star. Yes, that has everything tied together with what I just said, but ladies and gentlemen… They are periodically set out on patrol. But there's one you're missing. There's really five of the cherubim. We're told emphatically that all things have been reconciled through Christ. This is why when you read about the mighty cherubim in the apocalypse… They're called living creatures because they have been reconciled as the living beings take on the characteristics. You can prove this beyond any shadow of doubt of both the seraphim and the cherubim. They've been merged. With this in mind, ladies and gentlemen, Genesis chapter 3, verse 24. And when he put Adam out, he cursed him to dwell over against the garden of pleasure. And stationed the cherubim and the whirling flame of fire to keep the way to the tree of life. And ladies and gentlemen, you'll take note that I just read the Thompson, which worded it the same way it did Joel, Garden of Pleasure. I was hoping you would catch that. So… Ladies and gentlemen, I, I don't – I'm not sure that I fully am capable of wrapping all this around my mind because this has just been thrown into my lap. I certainly cannot deal with it presently emotionally, um, but I don't know what to make of all of this. But now – I mean how is it that I've spent my whole life? With a stylus in my hand, engraving his word upon my heart. And I failed to see the relationship that the prophecies of Eden, how had I forgotten them? How had I forgotten that? Well, wait a minute. 
it's Ezekiel 28 that specifically says he's in the mountain of the Garden of... He can only be talking about one cherubim. Who on earth could possibly stop the Assyrian God's axe? What does the Bible say is going to happen once the Assyrian crosses the great river Euphrates? It dries up to make way for that which is going to nuke his land, the kings of the east. All of this is unraveling right in front of my face, and how is it that I didn't see this coming? How is it that, do you, ladies and gentlemen, I was a child when I fo- first wrote Joel chapter 2 in Greek. Am, am I retarded that I didn't put two and two together with Hebrews chapter 8? Well, how, how is that possible? How couldn't I see that, that that was directly related to this coming night Christ warned us about when no good deed could be done? That was the same time when the old covenant would get old and vanish away. Directly tied to the wrath described in Joel chapter 2. Absolutely off the charts. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get everybody on here to say goodbye. Um, we're already into overdrive. We've only got 10 minutes left into overdrive. Uh, Clinton, why don't you jump on here and give your closing thoughts and uh, say goodbye. And then Brian, you after him, and then I shall close this out. Yeah, not a problem. I want to touch on one other thing you said um, that struck a chord. Um, you said that uh, after Passover, 50 days after Passover is when the law was given. Um, it was interesting because Passover starts on April 10th. I count out 50 days, which comes to May 29th, which is Memorial Day, which is the day that they anticipate if the debt ceiling is not increased, that the United States will run out of cash. So so I, oh. I just had to throw that in there. <laughs> oh, that's just perfect. So. No, really, Clinton. Uh, no, really. Uh, you just blew the top of my head off. Lord have mercy. Yeah, I've been uh, oh, trying, to, for that. It, trying to hold that one in. Well, uh, this certainly has been a bang-up show, Clinton. Um, oh, my goodness. Uh, Brian, your closing thoughts, please. Well, I'm sitting here railing at the moment. Folks, you're lucky I don't have my calculations on this computer at the moment for the third of the craftsmen because now I'm chilled. Sorry, folks, if we seem to overwhelm you last night or tonight, I think we're a little bit overwhelmed at this stage. Any questions, send them our way. You can find me on the Bands of Time at twitter.com, the easiest, or you can even email me at thebandsoftime at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. God bless. Thank you, Brian, for reminding, uh, reminding me to give out our information. Uh, you can, of course, uh, find uh, Clinton Kowatch, uh at Twitter. Uh, you can also go by his website, uh, Clinton Co-Watch. He also runs the Dil- Diligent Watchman uh, podcast. 
You can find me uh, on uh, intimetribune.blogspot. You can send me an email at intimetribune at mail.com. That is not Gmail, just, just mail. And if you have questions or comments, uh, please send them our way, and we will address them because, uh, ladies and gentlemen, please repeat. what the Bible says. Wash, rinse, and repeat. Study that. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. As far as I'm concerned, ladies and gentlemen, the End Time Tribune bids you Godspeed. Until next time, please, Please watch and pray. Good night. God bless.